I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hey, Royfield. Uh, you really should be careful what you wish for, but you've asked for more dum dums so it's time to unleash my singing voice on you. Uh, this is Leela, <laughs> out on a walk with Wilf, the dum dog uh, He doesn't really like my singing, so it's possible there might be some background barking uh, and or whining, uh, but here we go. dum de dum de dum de dum dum de dum de dum 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 de dum de dum de dum dum de dum 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 de diddly dum de diddly dum de diddly dum dum de dum de dum de dum dum de diddly dum. This is Dum de Dum, the show about the reality hockey drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the millions on the contemporary interior design collection that is Roy Fielber. How did you know I love interiors? We've never talked about that, Lucy. It's a big love of mine. Uh, we have talked about it, but it wasn't that. It was being talking about Emma Grundy. Right. When is this podcast going to ever be about me? Well, <laughs> 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 Matt um, Corner, that can be about you. Oh, no, Claire Asprey's taken that over, I tell you. Oh, Has she? It's a power grab. It's a power grab, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coup d'etat. I... Let her get on with it. I should... <laughs> She's probably much better at organising it than you are, so fine. She's a scarily competent woman, I tell yes. you. She's just on it like you know she's running Luton City Council right now she's just like doing stuff good for you missus anyway folks uh, and then with me I have the global gonad that is Lucy Freeman and the last part of Emma's scrapbook folks is you now this week's dummy dum is from Lulam who uh, sang her little heart out now Lucy if somebody else would like to send I am finished (laughs) sorry oh my god (laughs) Now, Lucy, take a deep breath, right? If somebody else other than Lulam would like to send us in a dum-de-dum, how can that be achieved? Uh, they can call us on 0203-0313-105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe on the website. Um, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and uh, Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek has just been on a weekend trip to Scotland. Um, he flew with EasyJet and he got upgraded. They gave him a seat. Oh, so sorry. Loose, <laughs> right? Yes. Every now and then this happens, right? right. Yeah, but you have to explain that joke to me. I'm so sorry. Because EasyJet's rubbish. So if you get upgraded on EasyJet, <gasps> they upgrade you to give you a seat. 
you, you don't what? fly easy jet though do you because you're you're an international jet set man of mystery so you probably travel uh, business class no no BA. no 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 i have done business class a couple of times each time i was upgraded and you get bubbles and everything it's all rather lovely but no i'm not i won't have you slagging off easy jet that joke would have landed if you'd said ryanair that's the shithole of all airlines that's the one which is utter pants mm. You weren't on the flight from... (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear your tale of woe then on on, on EasyJet. Oh, no, it was fine. It's just all the ridiculous queuing business. Hmm. Because they overfilled a cabin. Mm -hmm. So then there isn't room for everyone's bags. So then they say, right, if your bag won't fit in the hold, you're going to have... We're going to have... If your bag won't fit in the cabin thingy, we're going to have to put it in the hold and we're going to charge you 50 quid to do that. Um... All the choices you leave your bag behind. <laughs> That's it. That's the choice. So people get because everyone's sort of um, English and we're quite keen on the old cue. Um, mm. Everybody starts getting really edgy and sort of, you know. But there were there was a group of people standing up for forty five minutes on the in panic that otherwise they wouldn't get their bags on and then they would have to have to pay. It's just ridiculous. It's an insane business model, but anyway, it must work for them. It just produces a lot of very cross twitchy people uh, who are, you know, the world's most unrelaxed travellers because they're just continually terrified that someone's going to, you know, take this. It's like musical chairs, basically. It's airline musical chairs, except you're paying them. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Well, I told about that when I went to Malta the other day, and then I got screwed over because I'd never because I didn't print off the actual ticket, which I never do. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a yeah. hundred and odd quid. Yeah. Um, but my thing is just when you're at your gate and they call your gate, why do people then stand up for 20 minutes yeah. and the queue's not moving? Why? Why, 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 why? Why don't you just relax, yeah, sit down, I know. I know. avail yourself of the free Wi-Fi, you know, it's, and it's watch I know. everybody. Yeah, I know. It's just weird how there's this uneasiness somewhere about this. Something is going to go wrong somewhere and it's going to happen to me, except three quarters of the flights thinking that. So they're all kind of, mm. you know, th- th- there's a survival of the f- there's a survival of the fittest kind of um, thing going on. A bit like the Hunger Games, you know, Um but it's there's it's almost like um, flying has now become so easy we don't trust it so therefore there's got to be some horrible uh some horrible penalty will befall you or some horrible thing will befall you if you if you if you don't queue up and you don't make it uncomfortable for yourself you know you're going to be forced to run along behind the plane or something i don't know <laughs> it's weird mm. it is weird it is weird but i had the utter pleasure I can't believe we haven't started the show. Right, but I had the utter pleasure of travelling to Toronto from Birmingham uh, this week, which was such a revelation because normally when I go to see the kids in Canada land, I um, and I'm in the UK, I travel down from Birmingham if I'm not in London, which is like three and a half hours to get to Gatwick. Then you have to like fly over. 20 minutes. Dad said, son, I'll take you to the airport. 20 minutes. Bish, bosh, bang. Oh, glorious birmingham yeah. international airport recommend it oh great it's small and it's the other thing as well big airports overrated you want a small airport loose the smaller yeah. the better because you get through 
no fannying, no fuss, you get through. Small airports, regional airports, brilliant. Anyway, uh, on that note, folks, on this week's episode, we have calls from <laughs> Red Agnes, Rachel, Jeannie, Mary and Julie. But first, before them calls and before Lucy and I maybe get sidetracked into some more shenanigans about international travel, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. This week in Ambridge was sponsored by Spring Onions and Flatulence. Helen and Lee are trundling on. And I think we all got a little glimpse of quite how Tom and Helen ended up so batshit when Pat decided to tactfully suggest that Helen might need to be going out with someone who wasn't quite so, well, not quite so, well, trainery. Basically, Pat called Lee <laughs> Mr. Thicky Thicky Thick Thick, nay, common. She said Lee had only talked to her about martial arts and stuffed crust pizza. A, it's the first time he's ever met you, Pat. And B, you're not exactly Peter Eustonoff yourself. You never go anywhere. Your only interest is dairy products. And you have no hobbies except obsessing over your children's lives. You need someone more in your wavelength, Helen. Or better still, just stay with me. Live with me forever. And never, ever leave, Helen, so that I can protect you by continually knocking down your self-respect. Jenny has Ooh. gone on strike in her fury at Brian's insistence on refusing to take the blame for filling the am with TCP, the stubborn old git. She's not cooking, so he's not getting his porridge or his oats either, presumably. Although, judging by the way they keep banging on about how small that house is, they're probably having sex just to give themselves an extra six inches in bed. Brian declared that he was doing it to protect his good name as a lying philanderer. He then got bored and Adam found him while Brian was hunting around saying, Lubricant, gloves. Brian, said Adam, what are you doing in my medicine cabinet? Helen suddenly remembered that Ian was her best friend. Oh, I'm so pleased for you about the baby, she said, whoever you are. We have met, haven't we? Yes, I thought so. She was even more tense than normal as she was worrying about what to wear to a Chinese restaurant with Lee. She dressed down in the end in a crinoline bustle and lace gloves. She then completely and utterly disgraced herself. She then That's completely good, and utterly disgraced herself by doing a silent burp. <gasps> For the love of God. The one thing that insane scene in the Chinese restaurant did do was give me a bit of a start as I suddenly thought, maybe we've all got the wrong idea about Lee and he's Chinese, which would explain the interest in martial arts and also Pat suggesting that she found someone more on her wavelength. If they start doing a kefir with black bean sauce, we'll know what's going on. Poor Helen didn't get much more enthusiasm from Krusty, who true to form immediately saw doom heading her way. He's probably a psycho. I shouldn't be happy, Helen. It doesn't suit you. Krusty was having her own crisis, as Philip asked her to move in with him so she could help him shift his walking frame if he has a fall. This came on top of her deciding she did not want to be a flip-flop dispenser for the rest of her days, and what she really wanted to do was be a green and common protester, but the wages were rubbish and the prospects a bit limited. Krusty and Philip had the single most joyless lunch I have ever heard. They ate fish pie, drank tap water and talked with their mouths full all the way through it. Fish, bones and mashed potato everywhere. The Brooker's archers were being as self-centred as normal. They're in some sort of race to fix Elizabeth uh, while using her depression as an excuse to squabble between themselves. Kenton described David as inhuman for wanting the money he loaned Kenton back again, as he's currently watching <laughs> Kenton was it up the wall on the full vinyl collection of now that's what I call music and hooked on classics. Kenton's completely <laughs> baffled about Elizabeth's depression. Why would she not want to open up to us? He said wonderingly. 
We're all quite normal. David's quietly playing with his toy farm in the corner. Shula's doing a course called 16 Ways to Improve Your Kneeling. And mum's gone mute again. In fact, <laughs> in fact, Jill could be in a game show all of her own. Hoot or mute. Then Jolene waited in. <laughs> Hello, Elizabeth. I've come to look at your ha-ha, she said. There's nothing funny about my bloody ha-ha, said Elizabeth gloomily. Everybody from Bess upwards had an opinion about the putative Lexling. Brian was worried that Adam and Ian's child is going to be beaten up. I remember my own school days, said Brian. Children could be so cruel to a five-year-old in a cravat. <laughs> Kirsty. <laughs> Even Kirsty. you're laughing at that gag. <laughs> it's just a little picture in my head of a little tiny boy in a cravat. Uh, Kirsty crept up behind Brian and made him jump for the high hills, which was the high point of my week. Watch what you're doing on that thing, he demanded. That confused me. What thing? It was never explained. A scooter? A Segway? A Shetland pony? Or had she saddled up Philip and that's why he's sounding so shagged out? But the other high point of the week was we got a bit of Joe and we got the Old Testament Joe, the one that bangs on about... The good God humbles the mighty, but also says he's seen enough hard times not to feel sorry for other people who are going through it a bit. Good old Joe. Never mind Jolene or the combined efforts of the Archer family. Hand Elizabeth over to Joe Grundy. A couple of nights in the cider shed and a quick go on his personal lav and she'll be right as rain. The end. Oh, that was a triumph this week. <laughs> well done, missus. <laughs> I love it when you, la- when you stop and laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> It's you. I hear you laughing and it makes me laugh. Stop <sighs> it. You're laughing at your own genius. Well done, you. Now, Thank our loose. Uh, this is the time when uh, we go through in forensic detail the last week in Ambridge. So uh, would you like to start with um, Brian and David uh, discussing the fact that if Brian... Well, You're decides. reading this off the thingy of the, on the site, aren't you? No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm totally not. All right, then. Okay. It's just well, that was the first scene. I'm very hot under this blanket, Royfield. Do I have to keep it on my head? Well, I don't know how you're going to improve the acoustics when you uh, record Dum Dee Dum otherwise. Oof. Okay. I'm having a personal that, that, sauna that, under here. <laughs> that, that, that's the issue. That's the issue, are loose. Okay. Uh, Do you not get now, boiling when you record it then? No, because I don't. I I record. Yeah, you know how I record. I lie. Yeah, on but the you bed. record with the duvet over your head. You must be boiling. No, as I well. don't. I don't. I don't. Oh. I've never recorded with a duvet over. My, no, that's not quite true. When I used to do the audio lounge podcast, I used to record with the thing over my head. But that, but that's because I didn't have a proper mic. Since I got a proper oh. mic, I just lie on the bed. Lie on a bed, have the mic underneath me, and talk down to the duvet. That's what I do. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take this thing off then, because I'm too hot, and I'll sit like this. Is that better? That is better, actually. Is just it? Be, okay. Yeah, be, be closer. Oh, okay. you sound all warm now, your tones. Hello. Yes, Do I sound like, go. what's her name? Who's that woman that's just died? The one with the sexy voice. I've forgotten her name. Mm. Betty Marsden. Never mind. Who? You don't know who she is. Never no. mind. I know who she is. Right. Round the horn. Crack on. Right. Okay. Yes, so, David and Brian. Mm. Well, I just thought it was kind of an instructive scene because if there's a theme of last week, it was 
Brian getting it from just about everybody <laughs> saying how ridiculous and how pompous yeah. you're actually being. And it started yeah. with David and, and basically ends up with Joe. Though Joe is not talking at all about uh, about going to court, but just about you know being hurt and then taking it out on the ones that you love. Yeah, it was a nice little shoehorn. Yeah. I thought, really, you know, bookend. I should say. Well, it was about not putting your ego in front of what needs to be done. Mm, exactly, wasn't it? It's, it's not putting your ego in front of love, which uh, I think. I think Brian's at a tricky age, as they say about teenagers, aren't they? Because <laughs> it's a phase. He'll go, through, he'll go, he'll grow out of it. But you have to be a young, maybe a younger bloke, like a pre, pre-teen bloke, boy, and mm. then an, a much older bloke, i.e. Joe, to do that gracefully i think the time in between you've you've you, there's a bit of a an ego stranglehold going on if you're a, if you're a very alpha male like brian and um all your decisions it's quite interesting one of my friends is a um uh is uh, i can't really say what he is but well i yeah he's um quite important in football shall we say and Ooh. he's having uh he's very the very manager serious... of manchester united sorry was he the ex-manager no. of Manchester United? No. Um, he, uh, Chief executive having... of the Shut Premier League. Shut up. He's having contract negotiations at the moment. How are we going moment? to conduct this podcast if I have to shut up? Can I not well, retort? No, just shut up just for now. Just let me get to the end of the sentence. Then you can interrupt again. Um, you're talking about football. I quite like football. Yeah. He's doing um, contract negotiations at the moment, mm. and he is—he is very aware and has said to me, "I am messing this up because I am willy waving," and he's putting <laughs> his own ability, he's putting his own desire to uh, take things very personally and seek revenge, as he sees it, on people that he sees as doing him wrong. It, it, in a way that's actually going to be extremely detrimental to him in the long run. But I said, just stop doing it. And he said, I can't. They have to. They have to know that I was right. That 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 I. You know, I cannot back down. Even though it's completely counter, going, going to be totally counterproductive. But he can't stop. And I thought, oh, you're Brian, and he's thirty. So obviously, it's if you're that sort of bloke, you're that sort of bloke, and you know that's what you do. Is your friend Jonathan Barnett? No, he's not. Mino Riola. <laughs> I'm going is this whole to... podcast going to be you saying names that I don't know and me saying, no, it is not. And then, then we'll play well, the theme the, and then that'll be that. They're the most powerful agents in football. Mm. So I'm just going through the top 20. Anyway, uh, well, it's only really what I said last week. It's not often when I have a tiny bit of insight. But um, I said... He was being an ass because he was hurting his family. Yeah. And I didn't understand how somebody of that age would willfully hurt yeah. the, th- you know, the people who benefited from um, all of his hard work, who I know that they're slightly on hard times, but, you know, as I said last week, not quite on Grundy levels and stuff, but you wouldn't make things worse for them. You just wouldn't. Mm. You'd have enough perspective at Brian's age to say, right, you know, my ego's one thing, my family's completely another. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, patting myself on the back. Yes. That very one. good. Now, um, 
you in your monologue um, did, uh, you, you kind of, you ripped into our pat vis-a-vis Lee, but you yourself mm. lying upon the side of, well, he's uh, just not up to snuff when it comes to Helen. So why no, not go I said for Pat for feeling the same thing? She deliberately chosen somebody that was innocuous, that was extre- seemed appears to be extremely innocuous and, and harmless and lower status than her. Um, in her in her view, but I was absolutely this this week was all about people. Her. He loves and accepts her. She can have a little lady burp, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. And you forever. If there is an on-running, on-running point that you make, ongoing, sorry, sorry, ongoing point that you make ever since we started doing Dum Dee Dum, 260-odd episodes ago. Years ago. It's yes. about being able, when you're in a relationship, the first time that person, you know, first time you fart in front of your partner. You've said it yeah. once, you've said it twice, you've said it three times. Ongoing yeah. it is, Lucy. Three times in four years, you, you've come out with the same point. And we had it in the arches. She had yeah. a little burp and he was fine with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's wrong with the man? He <laughs> no, nothing's loves wrong. Her. I don't think anything's well, that's, wrong that's, with him. Hmm. Um, you do. You don't think he's up to snuff intellectually, socially. No, I think she thinks he isn't, but she's deliberately chosen that. Um, basically, I think there was a lot this week on the arches mm. of people sticking their beaks in when it's absolutely nothing to do with them. Uh, you know, like it's, it, it just fascinates me really the, the way people do that. Like when Pat says to Helen, mm. I, I'm not sure he's right for you. And then Emma said to Jennifer, I'm not sure Lexi should do it. What did they honestly think is going to happen? Just, just, did Emma honestly think Jennifer would go, oh, do you know what? God, you know what, Emma? You're right. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yes, okay. I'll tell Adam to cancel the pregnancy then and, uh, and, um, <laughs> and, and, and she won't have it. It's just what do people get out of saying things like that? What do they actually think the other person is going to do? You know, it's, it's like, just... is, is Pat going to um, – is Pat going to suddenly uh, – is, is, is Helen going to suddenly say, no, do you know what? You're right, Mum. I'll, I'll dump him. You know, it's just bloody, bloody madness. If someone, if someone approaches you and says, I have a dilemma here, I can't decide what to do, what do you think? Fair enough, but you still don't have the right, even then, to start wading in and saying you should do this or you should do that. You can sort of point out what people might not have thought about or just talk to them about where they are in the process. But, to, but uh, when, it's a, when it's already happened, to go up and say, I don't think you should have done that. You know, what What the hell? I just don't get the psychology of that at all. I know it's a very, very common thing. And, you know, but I was really disappointed in Emma. Why be disappointed? She's, you know, an apple never falls far from the tree, yada, yada, yeah. yada, blah, blah, blah. And also, it's the meat of the whole effing village. It's gossip. It's, mm. you know, the relaying of news, your spin on, you know, that person's spin on the news that they've heard and and let's be honest about it surrogacy no one's saying it's wrong right but you you are going to sit down and think you know well who actually is 
the the biological father. Yeah, it's, to- it's totally legitimate just to go. Oh, oh, you know, I'm just going to ask the question. Does it mean that you're homophobic? Does it mean that you hate the whole idea of no, it? But she wasn't doing that. Emma wasn't no, doing that. No, no, no. But that's but that's but that's what I'm but that's what I'm saying. It's all about it's about yeah, the gossip that's, and yeah, that's it's absolutely the spin. that's just human well, no, interest, ex- and you'd have to be a saint to kind of pretend that you. No, I don't want to know any any of the details, except I do. But you know, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what what Emma was doing was to be incredulous that a woman would, uh, in effect, rent a womb out and that it was all going to go wrong. But putting that to one side, there is a certain level of human excitement just around utterly effing juicy gossip. Yeah. But she was, but she was being the daughter of Susan. and So there was yeah. that little bit of edge. And it was nice when she got slapped down by, by our Kirsty and Jennifer says, well, you know what, this is none of your business. So basically, like, but out. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of which then she took great umbrage by saying, well, I'm only saying what other people are saying in the village. I'm just telling you that people are talking about it. But I, I love all that. Love it. Yeah. Because that's what makes it real. <laughs> there's some people, uh, there's a, a lady I used to know in the in the village who used to say them say things like that and then say, I'll just leave that with you. As if oh, I've, just, <laughs> I've just given you such a such a gem from my amazing genius-like brain that you know I know that's going to absorb you for the next you know oh you're going to have to go away and think about that and you just think nope. Mm. <laughs> but, oh, oh dear! But whilst we were upset with Emma for being you know yeah. so judgmental, then of course you get the lovely scene with her and Joe. And uh, Joe's yeah. got his prick stick out. Oh, with out. a global gonad. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, but, but you just, it was just a and lovely... And then when he went all quiet and he said, are you cross with me, Emma? You're not happy with me, are you, Emma? And she said, no, it's all right, Joe. <laughs> you know, like, you fucking idiot. Why don't you leave it alone? But I like the fact that he thought it was quite therapeutic doing cutting and sticking. Bless him, like mm. he's in bloody kindergarten. But yes, it's very cute. Well, I, I can remember. Um, I was the best in the class at cutting out and sticking. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Nolan's class. But I talked about Mrs. Nolan enough. GCSE. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about my utter affection for Mrs. Nolan too much on this podcast. So I, I'm going to move on because otherwise I'll just well up. <laughs> I'm still not going over the fact she emigrated to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, Jolene. That was a very embarrassing scene, I thought. Which what, And Jolene really? is better than that, yeah. I don't hmm. think she did a very good job. I think Elizabeth was extremely uncomfortable. You could see through what Jolene was trying to do a country mile off, and it was just, you know, she doesn't know. She said, oh, I really enjoyed this. We don't get to spend enough time together, Elizabeth. And I thought, you've you've barely been in a scene with her since Kenton married you. You know, you you don't know her you know, in that, the slightest. You can't suddenly come pegging in you, just because you're she's ill. Luce, that is very true, you know. There is something about Jolene being an archer which doesn't sit comfortably with me. It's like she's not. Yes, like she's exactly. She's not a yeah. member of that family. Yeah. No. You know, she doesn't sit round that table and crack jokes and she, she doesn't feel like an archer at all and I've only no. thought about this um just now but she just doesn't no 
No. I in agree. a way that, you know, Alistair felt like he was part of that family. Is this a class thing? Oh, my God, maybe it's a class thing. Because Alistair feels like he's a part of that family. Um, Nigel obviously did. Ruth does. Ruth? Well, Ruth mm, is a little I'm not bit sh- detached. You're right. Yeah. You know, she's, 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 but, but she has lots of scenes with Jill. So there is a relationship of sorts, isn't there? Not of sorts. Yeah. There's a relationship, full stop. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whereas Jolene doesn't talk to any of the other archers no. and for you to feel that, you know, she's an in-law. No, exactly. Oh. Hmm. Goodness. Never thought about that before that. Right. Uh, there's loads of other things. Uh, oh, there was Alistair being a superstar, saving the date. Lots of Alistair last week, wasn't there? Yeah, and no. it was nice as well that it was all, you know, he's getting lots of pats on the back at the moment and he deserves yeah. it, you know. Does that mean he's being yeah. set up for a big fall who's going to be put yes. out to pasture? <laughs> the old git. We'll find out who's got <laughs> terminal disease in the next the next omnibus, but anyway. Uh, nice little scene, him and Johnny and getting the the what the cow's hoof out of the thingy and, and all of that. And... Um, is a decent vet and then we had him with with joe and joe worried i'd completely forgotten that that uh, that joe has this new uh the other pony yeah new pony yeah uh and it's it's kind of kind of from shoulder and stuff and there you know and because of what happened to bartleby i had forgotten all about that and stuff so it's a nice little bit of a you know way way of tying tying that all up and stuff but you know what alistair's a nice bloke He's an utterly he nice bloke. He is. Utterly nice bloke. Anyway, we could go on, but uh, we're not here for that really, are we? It's not all about nah. us. When has this podcast ever been about us, Lucy? <laughs> it never has, has it According really? According to the reviews, it's far too much about us, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's uh, some time for some corner in Ooh, that was loud. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right, let's have our Rachel Thomas first off. Hi, Dumpty Dum. This is Rachel Thomas here, Vet Voyagers on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm in Aosta, which is in northwest Italy, near Ciao. Mont Blanc, or Monte Bianco as the Italians call it. And I'm phoning in with a comment about the Flower and Produce show. It's just been the local fair here. And I think the activities in Ambridge pale into insignificance compared to the ability of this small town to fill the entire place with giant wooden cockerels. There are huge wooden cocks everywhere, (laughs) including a sort of 15-foot high one next to the Roman theatre. There are all sorts of food stands and artisan producers of all sorts of artisanal things and stalls with random farm implements. And I've just been to a Kaylee dance, traditional dance, which was outside in minus five in an open air um, area. The band had a small plastic hut with a heater and the rest of us bounced about in the cold. It was brilliant. You should come. Uh, Other thing... Um, Alistair's attempts to free a cow from a gate. No, you don't tell Ben, who's been around cows all his life and is young and fit and healthy, to go away. You get as many able-bodied people 
in the area as you can because once you sedate the cow, it's going to be wobbly, it's going to be trying to fall over, and you need people to physically hold it up. So, yeah. no, don't I don't believe that. Alistair would have got Ben and anyone else he could find to yes. give him a hand. Anyway, thanks very much for the show. Talk to you again soon. Oh, and if you want to see pictures of Cox, look up Bet Voyages <laughs> on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Bye. Oh, I love it when we get a new caller in her. Yes, me too. Um, just F- FYI, uh, listeners, uh, do not ever Google pictures of cocks, okay? Just don't. <laughs> not, not because we said so or because anybody said so. Just do <laughs> you ever been to that bit of Italy? No. Me either. I've, I've been to Piemonte, so just, just south of that, but never quite got up to that bit. But I, I presume it is lovely because it's foot of the Alps and all of that. Uh so apart from Cox, is there anything else we can take from Rachel's call? Um, no, because it was mostly about Cox. She seems to know Ronnie's about farming etiquette when there's a little bit of a drama around a cow. That did seem to seem to make sense, uh, you know, in terms of you'd want all, you know, you'd want as many hands on deck, so to speak. But, you know, what do I know? But Rachel seemed to know Ronnie's. Anyway, so it's Cox, cows, and what else? That begins with C. <laughs> <laughs> nothing absolutely nothing else begins with C uh, Royfield um, no. I think that uh, she is right and you would need as many because they are very heavy and mm. they sag over cows and all that but um, uh, I think it was because Ben was twitchy and was yeah. the dog was twitchy and she just wanted exactly he just wanted him out of the way but I agree they would have gone to get a grown up rather than just leaving it to Johnny Hmm. <clears throat> right uh how about we go from northwestern italy to toronto in ontario hello dumpty dum it's mary in toronto i'm not contrary on twitter i have a comment about the hold music that royfield uses when lucy has to answer the door or do some other task it's a very famous <laughs> piece of music i don't know the name but i know it's been used in lots of different things for me the main thing i associate it with is from my student days and the very short-lived uh, cable television station Live TV that was owned by Mirror Group newspapers, um, tabloid newspapers in the UK. Um, and it was a television station that was essentially Page Three Girls brought to life. Um, specifically, that track that Royfield uses for Lucy's um, chores was used on a show called Painted Ladies where topless Page Three Girls would... Uh, cover themselves in paint and then roll around on big sheets of paper and make art in inverted commas um, and so every time I hear that music when Lucy's doing <laughs> something mundane and domestic I can just think of page three Playboy bunnies um, okay hope everyone's well bye well Mary I have to say that is the first time anyone has thought of me <laughs> rolling around in paint as a Playboy bunny <laughs> ever I, so, I, I, yes. I, I don't know if that's true Alice I think it very well is. The piece of music is called Left Bank 2 and um, it's a bit of library music composed by Mr Wayne Hill in 1963 and it's uh, performed by the Noble Tones. And for me, it's the Take Heart music. That's what it is. Yes, it's it's the gallery. Exactly. Sorry. Then there'd be a picture of an elephant by Alex Jennings, age six. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
and we'd all be sitting at home going, his mum did that. There's no way he did that. He's only <laughs> six. Look at it. <laughs> Cheat. Uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. shall shall we move on from things musical? Yes. To uh, to our Mandy, because I think she's got something of great import to tell us. Okay. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Red Agnes here from Grim Up North. Mainly, I'm doing in any other business Ooh. this week, although I am feeling the love for all of you after last week's shambolic episode with the wonderful vibraphone and vision on while Luce has to go for a while, chastises Baz the dog, and then lusts after the Coleman. Absolute classic. <laughs> uh, I also like the contributions from the sci-fi geeks who are doing all sorts of incredible things with the uh, toxic sludge. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, on a serious note, anybody who is a Radio 4 fan will be absolutely devastated by the uh, death of Jeremy Hardy. Need yeah. to get that one out before I blub a bit, but Jez is a complete hero. Anyway, back to business. Um, this week, Harrisman was on the rather marvellous Fortunately pod- podcast. If you've not listened to Fortunately, you are missing a trick. It's up there with uh, first three downloads I have every week. Dumpty Dum, of course. The Bugle podcast with a splendid Andy Saltzman and the Fortunately podcast from Radio 4. Fantastic. Another bit of news. Um, a low flying hello you two again on Coronation Street. <laughs> Just keep stealing out from <laughs> Love the bit this week with the naughty Joe Grundy's knife comments. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, you'd be glad to know that for my birthday, my lovely, lovely husband bought me a totally cool purple age-inappropriate dum-ti-dum hoodie. I want to throw some shapes with it and put it on the Facebook page. Anyway, must get off because I need to light the Kelly lamp in the outside car seat and break the ice on me gazunda. Keep up the (laughs) shadow. We've just completely lost everybody that doesn't live in in Britain now. (laughs) 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 Oh, um, I, I used to listen to the Bruegel podcast. It's very funny. Very funny, very funny. That old Andy Zaltzman, he's got he's got a face which is utterly designed for a podcast though. Have you ever seen a picture of him? No. Oh, he's an interesting looking human being. Uh kind of like bald and then he's got lots of blonde curly hair sprouting out from the sides. Uh, it's uh he's an interesting looking man, but my god is he funny. Spot on. Um anyway, podcasts. Oh, that's what that's what we do. Anyway, how's about we just keep chuntering around the north of England and have a little bit of our Julie from Pickering? I've got those yes. things I need to say to her, by the way. Julie, I, I will return your call. There we go. Hello, Julie from Pickering here. Listening to Tuesday evening's episode of The Archers with Philip and Kirsty in the bowl for lunch, nearly choked on my tea when Philip said, I'm just admiring your specials, Jolene. Well, I really wanted Jolene to return with something like, thanks, Philip, <laughs> been worth every penny I paid for it, this push-up bra. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to my new jugs, sorry, mugs, arriving from the Dumpty Dum shop. <laughs> That's what I need to call you back, because you cha- change your order, and then I said I couldn't change it, and then I think actually I can. So that's the hold-up where you haven't had your jugs, I mean mugs. Uh, but but uh, Twitter... I- 
Twitter mm. lit up when we had the comment about Jolene's specials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to saunter over to the bar and have a quick look at Jolene's specials. Oh, there mm. they are, look. <laughs> Hello, you two. <sighs> We've had a certain kind of rebalancing when it comes to our listeners, don't you think? Because I... Have we? Yeah, because it used to be all like home counties, all, all your type of person, Lucy. Now we're getting like Red mm-hmm. Agnes... Good old northern bowel she's got. We've got Julie from Pickering, you know, up there in North Yorkshire. And now we've got Jenny from Cumbria. I like I like the fact that we're addressing the north-south divide. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jenny in Cumbria here. I'm a first-time caller inner but my sister cat called in last week with a Dumpty Dum from my cute little daughter, Stephanie. Um, I started listening again as an adult around when Helen had a teenage girl living with her. I think she was called Annette, and there was some sort of shenanigans with Annette running off with one of Helen's boyfriends. I can't really remember, yes. but I think I'm I'm an Annette. Um, I've got a plot prediction for you today. Uh, my prediction is that Kate will take over um, running of Lower Loxley, and turn it into some sort of eco-retreat. Um, she's Dear been a bit God. quiet recently, and she's obviously looking for somewhere else to um, set up her yurts. Um, that's all from me today. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, I love listening to Dumpty Dum every week. Um, uh, bye for now. Bye. I love the little baby noises yeah. in the background. It sounded like a goat at first, and then I realised it was a baby. <laughs> Tell you what, you know, we, we, we briefly spoke about our Johnny before. Yeah. And you said he was hopeless. Right? Yeah. And he's No, so- he's not hopeless. He's not hopeless, no. But you'd need more than Johnny to, to, to proper cow up. That's all I'm saying. Mm. No. But just whilst we're on our Johnny, and um, obviously Ben invited him to this ridiculous Love Sucks party. And yeah. said, can he bring his girlfriend, in Bella? In a caravan. How many people can you fit in a caravan? About five, can't you? Well, this is the thing. You know, can I admit Sorry. the truth to you, Lucy? What? You've I've, never been in one? I've never been in a caravan in my whole life, no. Haven't you? No. I've never... I, <laughs> I, I just come from that part of the population that's never understood it. My parents never understood no. caravanning, so I've never put one foot in one. Just don't get it. It's like, let's find four people that don't get on in a four-bedroom house and put them in one room in a box, a tin box. For a rainy week. And then watch them fight it out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then go to Cleethorpes or something. Um, There was a, when I was uh, walking the dog once, there was a rather posh lady that I walk with sometimes. Mm. And um, we were talking about another member of the dog walking squad who was absent, who is somewhat gobby. And uh, the posh lady said to me, I, she said, I do like her, but some of the things she says, you know, are a little bit, um, well, let's just say there's a whiff of the caravan about her. <laughs> <laughs> a whiff of the caravan. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to do one of my domestics. So you're going to have to cue that music again because my daughter's locked herself out. I'm in the shed at the bottom of the garden and she's at the front door, can't get in. Right. So I'm Do going to have think? to go let her in and then I'll come back again. Bye. Okay. 
is the gong. Back with the bass, pajamas live in effect, and I don't waste time on the mic with a dope rhyme. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. And I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make you shake your pants, take a chance. Come on and dance, guys, grab a girl, don't wait, make the twirl. It's your world, and I'm just a squirrel. Trying to get a nut to move your butt to the dance floor. So, yo, what's up? Hands in the air, come on, say yeah. Everybody over here, everybody over there. The crowd is live, and I will do this too. Party people in the house, move. Hello. Hello. I'm back. You are, aren't you? You're back. I am rather. Hmm. It's all about whiffs, pongs and stenches. Bit of the valleys now. It's our goddess diva who's in Wales. Hey, Dumpty Dum. It's goddess diva again. And I have a couple of things to say to the women of Ambridge. Uh-oh. First off, I'll start with a joke. Male feminist walks into a bar because it sets a bloody low. Okay. Kirsty. <laughs> He doesn't put me down isn't a reason to move in with him. No. He doesn't put me down is the bloody very least you should expect <laughs> from a relationship with anybody, let alone a significant other. He doesn't put me down is great, but that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to not mm. put you down. Ditto, Helen. Oh, I can burp and fart in front of him. Well, well bloody done, love. Most of us do. It's called being in an actual relationship and getting so bloody embarrassed about burping is just, oh, does my head end. In fact, I'm going to give you all a treat now. Uh, there you go. You <laughs> please, 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 women of Ambridge, please use better reasons to choose your men. Seriously. Just... Oh. You deserve better than this, my sisters. You deserve better than setting your bar so low that a cockroach would bang its head going underneath it. Mm-hmm. How about not only does he not put me down, not only does he encourage me to go to the environment agency for a job, even though he likes to chase foxes and rip them apart at weekends, how about he sees me as an important person in my own right and would 
talk about buying a house together, not have you moving in with his... Oh, don't. I'm getting cross. I'm getting really, really cross. And don't even start me on Emma. But I will say my favourite, as always, has got to be Jolene. Jolene, you keep going round to see Elizabeth because she needs you. Whether she realises it or not yet, she needs you. And she's at that point of her depression where she cannot say, I need you. So acting as if she does is the perfect way forward. Anywho, I'm off to go and and raise the bar a bit more elsewhere. Um, have a lovely week, Dumpty Dummers. Got to see her out. Mm. Could not agree more. If I wasn't going to knock at my mic over, I would applaud. But the thing is, though, right, and, I, 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 and trust me, I'm not on the other side of this uh, argument because there is not another side to be on. But it's just to say that Rob was so evil, so controlling and so destroyed he- Helen's spirit that for her, this is somewhat of a revelation that she can be in a relationship with somebody who uh, doesn't put her down. Of course, um, if you've gone from a regular relationship to another, that's the least of things that you're ever going to think of. But Helen was not in the most normal of relationships. And I think we have to recognise where Helen has come from for her to say that. And for her to say that then is very poignant and shows us that, you know what, she just got an ordinary guy, but it needed to be said. So I think mm. you've been a little bit harsh considering that she's been in, in Nick because of uh, her previous relationship. She nearly murdered the guy and we've got to weigh all that in goddess when we look at you know the thing yeah that she but said. also it was Kirsty, you know sort of well philip's all right and i do think i love him so i'm gonna move in with it you know it's sort of well no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about helen right there's specifically the point that our goddess yeah. made, made about helen no, but she was saying the women of ambridge in general wasn't she mm, well i don't know the women of ambridge can can pull surprises that's all i'll say we're waiting for next week's dum de dum you know, because you you think that they're kind of past it, and uh, that they're still they're they're still getting their groove on, so to speak. I'll leave that <laughs> as a little marker for next week's dumpty dum. Um, I don't. I, I, I've said it before. I don't get Philip and Kirsty, and I don't get them on a very fundamental ethical level. That I just don't believe that Kirsty would be with a, a guy who hunts let alone no. the lack of any yeah. kind of real personal dynamic, that she she's a little bit of a live wire. She's got a little bit of, I was going to say a bit of spunk in her, but that's a completely different resonance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at live wire. She's a live wire, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's... <laughs> Right, let's just move. Right, Phil, move on, <sighs> move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. Kirsty lives her values. Yes, she's not somebody that that like she's not like Kate, who kind of has values until something more interesting comes along, and then she abandons them. You know, like with her vegan. You know, I'm completely vegan apart from wine. You know, whatever. Mm. Um, and uh, but and she isn't somebody that could just. Uh, overlook that. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Right. Doesn't fit. Um, there was a point, oh, podcast. We were talking about podcasts earlier. One of our callers was. And I said to myself, right, segue, man, segue, segue, segue. Um, because I wanted to mention your rather lovely uh, 
and very poignant, very sweet. I was going to say Map Corner, sorry, Porky Talky, uh, which I had the, the pleasure of editing and putting live on the interwebs yesterday. So please, folks, if you haven't listened to our Lucy um, on a podcast other than one where she speaks to me or maybe Rob Art or, or somebody else, uh, listen to Walkie Talky uh, because um, it's, it's all rather lovely. Uh, and uh, this one's a, a it's a very small one, but it's very poignant, and it's a, a good gateway episode into the world of walkie-talkie. So, go to your podcatcher and uh, type in Lucy Lucy Freeman, and uh, go download that because it was absolutely lovely. Now, talking about podcasts, Lucy, right? And this really should go at the end of the show, but uh, I'm not putting it at the end of the show because I don't want people to miss this. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, oh, you're just doing your I'm English and I'm just like blushing thing. So I'm not going to react when I'm paying you a compliment. Oh, I see. Right. Good. I just, I just, just uh, there's like silence. And I thought, <laughs> oh, may, maybe the, the line's <laughs> gone down. Now, our Terry Malloy. Uh, no, but that's a, just tell people that, that that's not a proper walkie talkie. That's just a very quick one. I did. One. I that's said it's a, a very small one. And, it's a little yeah. gateway. And drunk. The, big, the, the proper one's coming soon. But that's what I said. I said it's a little small one. Oh, okay. I call I could have called it an amuse an amuse okay. bouche or something or other, but I didn't. I wasn't that clever in amuse bouche. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the moment, well, the I wasn't that bouche. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Now, uh, I do. Uh, yes. Our Terry Malloy, who played Mike Tucker for some forty years, is no longer um, a regular. I don't think he's been absolutely um, axed. Seems like too too harsh a word. Uh, but um, formally, he hasn't been completely removed from the archers going forward, but he hasn't been in it as a regular for at least three years or so. I did a Dumby Dum Extra with him yesterday, and he was honest to the point of utter distraction, and, like, he loves the archers, and he feels very emotional about not really being a part of it anymore. And, and he misses people, you know, he misses his mates, his friends who's worked with for years. So if you are not a Patreon listener and why don't you do that this week so you can get your hands around the interview, which I'm going to release maybe about Thursday, Friday of our Terry, uh, Mike Tucker talking about, life outside of the archers and um and how he feels about um this great British institution so um so that's become a patreon subscriber go listen to that uh so that's it a couple of podcasts now it's time for a quick break and we'll come back the other side and it's going to be our millie bell with our first of two two i tell you um little um reports on the world of dum-de-dum and social media <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If country borders and grids can fascinate you and state names intrigue you, if atlases, globes, city plans, subway maps and of course, world maps are your thing, if you can name the capital city of Namibia and if you get giddy about flags, you are in the right place. This is Map Corner, a podcast about the love of maps brought to you by Royfield Brown and Claire Asprey. Now on with the show. Google Maps, it's beautiful that they go to the globe. It's it's just mm-hmm. very intuitive. And overall, I think in, in general terms, it helps to look at a globe occasionally, just to understand that the world is interconnected. And then, yeah, but, but what led the young you to be even become uh, a The young, young me, there was a pure accident. I'm not as much into the Mercator bashing, which is currently a bit uh-huh. of a, uh, a hip thing ever since But this West Wing episode came out. This is episode one of Map Corner. Now, if you are a Twitter user and you love a map, And if you don't love maps, why are you even on this podcast? Simon Kustenmacher is basically somebody who you've retweeted his great posts. Simon, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. First off, people that like maps are incredibly dull people. We're boring. We're nerds. We don't have any friends. So why is it that a young Simon was turned on to the world of cartography? It's Tuesday morning in Kingston, Jamaica. It's 6.30 a.m. I'm Suzanne Stanley, the CEO of the Jamaica Environment Trust. 
You're tuned to RJR 94FM Real Jamaican Radio. A fire that started yesterday at the Riverton City landfill on Spanish Town Road in Kingston is still raging at this hour. It's reported that the blaze has worsened due to heavy gusts of winds fanning across the area. We are currently standing in Corby Gardens. It's a very nice community. The only problem has been for the last couple of years is the constant nuisance of the smoke just being a few miles from the Riverton city dome. Riverton actually became a very hot topic during our delivery of the project. On the road. So we are a non-government environmental organization. We were started in 1991. After six days, the fire at the Riverton dump has been contained by fire officials. However, local agency, the Jamaica Environment Trust, JET, says there's a lot to be answered for. The Jamaica Environment Trust is deeply alarmed at the state of affairs concerning the Riverton dump. It should not be that every year the country has to expend millions of dollars to out these types of fires. So when you're talking about Riverton, for example, you know, Riverton is one side of the issue. That's where your waste ends up. That's the part of the issue that you that many Jamaicans don't see. Most Jamaicans have never been to Riverton. Most Jamaicans don't think about Riverton unless uh, there's a dump fire that's affecting Kingston or there's some item on the news. Commonwealth Voices is a podcast about citizens coming together to participate in democracy and influence the institutions that shape their lives. G'day everyone, Millie Bell here. Um, we started the week by wondering whether Jolene was after Witherspoon's job and uh, Gail Parry said, I read this as Weatherspoons and thought it was a wonderful plot twist for the ball, <laughs> which did make me laugh. And Witherspoons said, I think I'll just stay here in Disney World. Um, Christine Coulson said, lots of love for Jolene tonight, so much kindness and compassion. And Joe Jackson said, love Jolene and the writing behind it. On the other hand, whoever is writing the stuff about Alistair worrying about his age and being bolstered by his clients is really hammering it home. And that was pretty good because the next topic we talked about was Alistair, who was getting all the compliments despite his advanced age. Uh, Janice Betson said he has become more bearable since he split up with Shula. And he Helena Bennett said it's to stop him selling up. The money worries seem to be evaporating. Liz Eden said, good, Shula didn't want him, but there's still life in the old dog. And Teresa de Billet said she has a prediction. Alistair and Elizabeth. Oh, I think we've had mm. enough of those uh, very tight little marriages, so hope that's not true. Uh, but who knows, you could be right. And we also talked about Emma, and oh, wasn't she mean, proving that the apple never falls far from the tree. And Megan Eliza Stott said, it is the horrible gene. Tracy's so bad at that too. Do you reckon Kira will be just as bad? Oh, I hope not. And Paul Green said, so horrific, not just for the awful gossip, but also making me feel sympathetic towards dull and dreadful Ian. Martin van der Heuvel said she better keep her judgmental eyes on dodgy Tim, who's leading her beloved husband astray. Well, we haven't seen how that's going to pan out, but you could be right, Martin. 
And uh, Elizabeth Jones said, exactly what I thought. And Vicky Cole said, I was surprised how dreadful she was, actually. I think we we're all surprised at how dreadful she was. Uh, we talked about the great insight from Brian, even though most of it was about him that night. And do we have any advice for parents-to-be? And Sarah Harrison said, he's wrong. It isn't great advice. Yes, children can still be unkind, but schools are much, much kinder and more tolerant places than they used to be. I see it with my own children. They are not saints, but are more tolerant of diversity than I was in the 70s. And Sarah, as a teacher, mm. I do agree. There is a lot of tolerance amongst many, many students. And certainly we do teach it and parents support us with that. But I do see a lot of bullying too. And I think that's something we'll always be fighting. Um, and Carrie Purdom said, sleep all the sleep you can now because you will never sleep as well again. And we also talked about that wonderful phrase from Joe when he was giving really good advice to Brian, uh, global gonads. Cr I was crying with laughter. Look, I had to stop the podcast and then go back a bit because I was just laughing so hard. And I wondered whether anybody had accidentally made any funnies of a similar nature. Um, thank you to Rob Williams who pointed out to me that I'd said malapropism when I meant spoonerism. And I was very, very tired, but nevertheless, I shouldn't have made that mistake. Uh, Denise Smallwood said, in the ER, <laughs> ER, my little old auntie replied when asked if she was allergic to any drugs. She replied, only cocaine. As the young doctor's head snapped <laughs> up my mum's school, she means codeine. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, Shirley McCann said she said pineapple punks. And uh, Nicholas Nitsua says, I have created many shafts of wit. And Jan Mitchell finished with terrestrial testicles, panoramic penises. Thank you for making me say that on the podcast. Now, I just thought that I would finish by giving you some insights as to uh, who is, who is a member of our Facebook page. And just bear in mind that this is based on information that you have put in as your user profile. So if, for example, you are like me and you actually haven't put exactly where you live, then, of course, that will be slightly misleading. But we have the majority of our listeners in uh, the United Kingdom the majority of our listeners who are also on the Facebook page, I should say, we have 1,837. And then the next place is the United States with 167 uh, podcast listeners. And then Australia with 38, Canada with 33, Ireland with 26. I'm glad you identify as a separate country. New Zealand with 17. Then we start going to some not necessarily English-speaking countries such as France, Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, UAE. Uh, Guernsey, Hong Kong, the Isle of Man, India, and the, a couple of countries we don't have any listeners from so or who haven't signed up to Facebook, so please. Uh, Chile, Japan, Romania, Sudan, if you're in any of those countries, please sign up with us. And which were the major cities? The biggest city from which we have Facebook uh, Dumpty Dum listeners is London with 210. And other than that, we are absolutely spread across the globe. Uh, most of the first few countries, oh, most of the, uh, the, the cities are in the UK, but honestly, we are all over the place and we have a lot of second language speakers. So if you would like an update like that, again, just let me know on Facebook. But I thought that was really, really interesting. I don't know why I thought more of our Facebook uh, people were going to be from the UK, uh, but uh, 
clearly we are spread all over the world. Anyway, that's me for this week. Uh, we are still having a heat wave here. I, and I have to tell you, I do not like it when it's been hot for so long that my toothpaste is warm. I've become very sooky about it. But nevertheless, of course, we know all these things will change. And we know that people in America have been putting up with very, very cold weather. So I shouldn't whinge. So until I speak to you in a fortnight, I will leave you in the very capable hands of Yoko Bear. And until then, I say to you... Ta-ra. Um, I did uh, say uh, just before Millie Bell started that report that right at the end of uh, the podcast, we have a special uh, little report on um, Archer's academics and, and them talking about Dum De Dum, uh, which Millie Bell does report on. So if you wait around till the very end after uh, Lucy does a Daily Mirror headline of the week, uh, then um, you'll have that and you might find some very interesting information on that as well. Mm. Uh, right now, Lucy, chop, chop, tweets. What? Is it Tweet of the Week? That's what I said. Chop, chop, tweets. Um... <laughs> Check your sheds, said. I can't tell you the amount of times I've pulled out a picture of a pantomime horse in a job interview. It always clinches the deal. <laughs> um, the delightful Samantha, said. Brian, people can be so vicious online. Assemble the archers tweet along us. We've been rumbled. <laughs> uh, Willem Harvey said, perhaps Lee thought the Chinese restaurant would be safe as Helen couldn't do much harm with chopsticks. <laughs> D. Daly said, Helen and Ian's friendship is the most contrived and unconvincing since Barack Obama welcomed Donald Trump to the White House. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, Ruth and Ian, uh, the best pun ever. Not a pun, really, whatever. Uh, Jenny, have we run out of marmalade? Yes, Brian, we can't afford it anymore. Just don't spread it. <laughs> That's a <crap> joke. <sighs> Is that it? That's it. All right, smashing. Yep. Do you want me to do the Daily Mirror one? Go on. The Daily Mirror headline. All right. I, Kate I Beckinsale doing, in Royal Mix-Up. I see what you're doing. What do you you're mean? moving it up the you running can see order. What I'm doing. I know. It's good. This show's just going to be about the Mirror headline soon. Um, we won't bother with the archers. Kate Beckinsale in royal mix-up with Kate Middleton after rupturing an ovarian cyst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that rupturing an ovarian cyst is funny. It's just, <laughs> as a complex headline, it just makes you think, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, yes, it's perfect. <laughs> that, is, that is a good <sighs> one. It is a good one. Uh, right, let's just start to wind this down, shall we? Uh, folks... Um, we love you dearly. You're with, with, without listeners of this podcast, uh, Lucy and I would have gone on and done more meaningful things with our lives in the last four years. But because people do listen, we decided to stick around and do this nonsense. Now, you can either support this podcast uh, with your ears. Uh, you can maybe support it with a little bit of a uh, loose change in your pockets by going on to patreon.com or you can even support us by going on to a podcatcher of your choice and writing us a review. Now, the most important reviews for us to get uh, new listeners, because that's what writing a review uh, does, is actually Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Um, we have we've had loads of lovely reviews this year. 
And in a forthcoming show, we will be thanking those people who have written us a review. So if you want to hear your name on this podcast, why don't you go on to Apple iTunes? You don't need an Apple Mac, an iPhone or anything like that. You just go and sign up from any old Android Windows based device and whatever and go and write us a review. And that'd be awesome. Uh, Give us five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, And that would be great because, as we said, as I said before, what uh, reviews do is they help get us up those iTunes charts, which mean more listeners. So uh, go and write us a review. Now, dumdydum.com, you can go there. It's got shops, got all sorts, all manner of things are kicking off there. Now, the Right You Are quiz has actually formally been closed by Mr. Mike Hatton. And not everybody got all of the answers right, but there is a post about it. And uh, you can go and relive it. And if you don't even want to know the answers, because they are on the website, just go just, just go on to dumb hit right you are, quiz, and go play along. But Mr. Hatton, you know, I don't know how you're going to surpass yourself next time, because that was one doozy of a quiz, sir. So dumdydum.com, it's got a shop, it's got all sorts. Oh, and that's for the shop. Oh, yeah, go there. As, as, as Was it Red Agnes? Red Agnes has got herself a, a purple hoodie with the legend dum-de-dum across the chest. Why don't you go and join us? Yes, it was by, her Yeah, by uh, going on there and purchasing something from our store. Uh, and I, we are an international podcast. So if, you, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you believe in British English, it's a shop. If you're American, it's a store. It's all the bloody same. Go there, buy, buy some stuff, buy a mug, buy a cup, buy a beaker, buy a coaster, oh, or even a dog bandana. We sold our first one last week, Lucy. So uh, so go on to dumdydum.com, hit shop, and you can help us out there. Now, Lucy, I've been prattling on for about three minutes. Why don't you help me out by telling people about us on social media? Telling people about what? Oh, remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. You can find myself, Royfield, or our Luce at Dum Dum on the Twitters. Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. And of course, there is Robert, who is Naked Fingers. And of course, we are also present on Facebook. Quite simply, to find us on Facebook, type in Dum Dee Dum. Hmm. I think that's just about the end, our Lucy. Um, quite nice. To... Oh, f- how the hell have I got all the way through this and I've not mentioned that Map Corner's about to launch? Oh, my God. It's me bigging up your bloody podcast and I forgot my own. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I big up yours? Okay, yes, Michael, please I do. will big up Royfield. Royfield has done a podcast called Map Corner, so it means he doesn't have to talk about maps on here and have me huffing and puffing and tutting in the background. Um, So he's doing it with Claire Asprey, who is very competent, so it's likely to be produced regularly and everything else. And um, (laughs) it's all about obscure maps and what their greater significance is. Oh, okay. That that all right. I like that spin. When you said mm. obscure, I thought you you were gonna like nobble it and like. So it's the really sort of things mean. that you see on Twitter and think, oh, isn't that really really interesting? But you never get to find out the background. If you listen to Map Corner, you will find out the background of things like that. Mm. So it's where they what they socially what they represent as a, as in a social infrastructure. Bloody hell! I think. Do you want to do my PR? Is that for right. Me? <laughs> 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 that that that's kind of it in a nutshell but also 
What we want to do on Map Corner is to create a little bit of a community like we have done with Dumbly Dum. It's not going to be anything like, like Dumbly Dum uh, because the subject matter is so different. But you can, and we implore you to, call in on SpeakPipe and tell us about a great or an interesting or a quirky map that you've uh, bumped into um, on your travels. So we want to hear your voices. So go to mapcorner.space. That's mapcorner.space. Hit the speak pipe tab and let's talk about maps because they're awesome. Right, that's me done, spent, finished, kaput. Uh, I'm out of here. I, what about, what are you doing? Are you off? Um, I'm going to go and <clears throat> um, uh, uh, let the dog in. Yeah. <laughs> right, you let our basil in and... Uh, I've taught him to knock at the door, which was a really, really stupid thing to do. Because he loves it. So now he just stands outside knocking. And then I let him in and then he he turns around, goes back out, comes back and knocks it. Sorry? He knocks with his paw? Yeah. What a clever dog. Mm. Right. That's really giving me pause for thought. Because Ledley, the dog here, is not very bright. He's He's a lovely pooch. But you can't even tell him to sit stay or anything <laughs> he's just got a mind of his own and he's not you know it's just training you don't him. he hasn't got you haven't got an innate understanding of what the word sit means you have no, to, no 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 i know but like they like they've inherited him i think at the age of eight and his last donors just didn't so oh, you can't now you can't teach old, an dog, old dog new tricks new, new tricks no yeah. no so you're on the street and you're like stay stop and whatever and he's just like doing his own thing i don't even really think he knows these names ledley like you don't he is oh. don't prick up you go ledley he doesn't go you're talking about me he doesn't but oh i love this dog he's <laughs> such is a chocolate brown lab and he's lovely he's got the loveliest temperament in the world oh. but he's as thick as two short planks <laughs> or more to the point <laughs> <laughs> more to the point, he doesn't understand English because I'm not saying he's right. thick, but he doesn't understand English. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, um, that's it. I'll say goodbye a second time. Goodbye. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Good day, everyone. Well, this is a special report uh, brought to you because of a fantastic thread that was started on Academic Archers by Suzanne Steele. She said, "Do any of you listen to Dumpty Dum podcasts? They're a blast." They have a chronology mapped out and suggest that a listener identify themselves with the name of a character involved in a major incident that took place around the time the listener first began listening to the archers. Um, so I thanked her. I said, oh, thank you so much. You know, I hope you're going to be caller in or She said, nope, not yet. I find them a blast because they're so improvisatorial. Sorry if I said that wrong. No polished scripts, for example, and sometimes you hear Lucy's kids interrupting or a doorbell ring. Some of the caller in areas are hilarious as well. I'm sure the script writers at Archers and Company laugh along with Royfield and Lucy and the gang. And she also said she's in Canada and she can't look at the Archers Facebook pages until the day after because we tend to spoil the plot lines. By the way, she'd love to come to a Dumpty Dum get-together as I'm afraid my family all thinks I'm a bit off vis-a-vis my nightly dose of programs. Often me listening because I drift off to the dulcet tones. Uh, yes, I think I get lucky with the time difference because I get the Archers first thing in the morning and I can usually listen to it while I'm going about my business, so we probably do spoil it for you. However, not everybody agreed. Doug Font, I don't know if you remember him, but he was a caller in 
the early days he said he did listen to it for a while but he lost interest because he found it too long which was a bit sad uh, Lynn Griffith said I love Dumpty Dum I'm happy listening to back issues as well as the weekly updates it frequently makes me laugh out loud leading to some very strange looks from my fellow gym members now shortly after this a lovely little bit started Suzanne Steele said okay this isn't exactly Arsh's goss but am I correct when I say I thought I heard reference to Lucy and Royfield as once being an item so I checked with Royfield and he uh, gave me the go-ahead and I said yep you were on the money Suzanne they were teenage lovers according to Royfield himself I thought I'd better for the record make it clear that Yokel Bear Witherspoon and I have strictly platonic relationships and Witherspoon tells me his husband is very grateful that this has been publicly announced. <laughs> um, and we ha then had an, a series of people who said, you know, thank you for letting us know. We're now going to uh, start listening to the podcast or try the podcast at least. And um, Kate Lewis, for example, said, I can't believe I didn't know about this. I am now downloading frantically. Jem uh, Abram said, I attended the Dumpty Dum weekend with a live recording in Birmingham last October, organised by Royful Brown, and it was great fun. Uh, Ruth Piper said, This is huge news, subscribed. Uh, so, what I'd really like to do uh, is to invite everybody who might be new to uh, listening to Dumpty Dum is to be a caller in around. Nina White, you said, It's your favourite podcast, you love the informal chat. I don't remember you calling in, but if you have in the past or not, please call us in. We want to hear from you. And we then started a discussion about who everybody was. And uh, it turned out, now can I find where Suzanne still said what she was? No, I can't because I'm rubbish. Um, but people have been listening, as we know, from way before I have to, uh, way more recently. And this is what makes us all uh, such a good community because we can share our knowledge. And, you know, this thing about who are you in the Archers, which year did you start listening? It's, it is fun. Um, and Jan Sparrow of Uola says, I love Dumpty Dum, and I'm proud to say I'm actually featured in the title of podcast number eight under a slightly different name as I am married two years ago. I've been listening since the beginning, but have no idea anymore how I heard of it. Do you know what? I started listening to it from almost the beginning, and I've got no idea how I found it. I think... Uh, it was uh, just, I was just trawling through trying to find new podcasts. Uh, my favourite one uh, response though was from Robin Winning about which year she is. She says she's an anaerobic digester. Truly Ruth and Davy debating a quiet one is the first storyline that she remembers. Look, thank you, thank you, thank you for that, uh, A, for the publicity, but also we do want more people to join our community. Uh, we are a great community together and we all love our archers. We are from all over the world. So thank you to everybody who contributed. Thank you to Suzanne Steele who started that thread. And please seriously think about becoming caller winners because without you, we don't have a podcast. Uh, so I'll do a proper, social, uh, a more general social roundup uh, later. But until then, hooroo!